There is no better. According to who? Who, who has the rule book on better and best? Right. Is there a rule book? Because art, last time I checked, is subjective. Yeah. What you like, somebody else might not. Yes. So you don't get to... You just make your art and you put it out there. It's to give. It's not to get. Yes. If your intention is to get, I think it's slightly skewed, don't you think? What's up, everybody? My name is Brazil, and welcome to my podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with a really beautiful energy. He is a world-renowned choreographer, creative director, and just artist. Beautiful person, Mr. Tice Diorio. Thanks for that intro. <laughs> Man, you need to stop screaming in my house. The neighbors are calling, saying that you are too loud. Not even. <laughs> when did you start meditating? Um, probably, oh man, so long ago. Um, what, you'd like to say something? Would you? He's into it. He's like, yeah, I want to know too. I know. I want to know about the possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, man, like, maybe like, I think I always kind of did. Because. Like since you were a kid? No, like. I, I think as a kid, you know, I liked like going on walks and that's a form of meditation too. If you're in nature, to me, it's like, and I remember like being in New York City because I grew up in New York. I, you know, I come from Brooklyn and so like I'd be in Manhattan and I would walk along the streets from like lower Manhattan, like in like Soho, the West Village, all the way up to like. A hundredth street. Wow. Like Amsterdam. But New York is a very chaotic kind of environment. Yeah, but for me, I, you know, I would, New York City is that's like home to me. So like I existed well in that chaos. Yeah. But when I would walk along the streets, I would love to just walk from literally like Soho, West Village, all the way up to like 102nd Street in Columbus. Like, yeah. Or like Amsterdam, Broadway. And technically, you don't need to be somewhere quiet to meditate. I think no. that's part of the misconception. I, it's yes. probably even better that you were meditating in New York in, City. In the insanity. Yes, it's great. Because, you know, I, 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 I didn't realize it at the time. But I, something about that I loved. And it was therapeutic. And it was really meditative. And I could, and honestly, like just spending that time walking up and down, taking in people, taking in the city, the, the frequency of the city, me, I would get all my, the answers I needed. It was something I just did. It was like a ritual. I would always do it. It was, it, you know, because I went to school in Manhattan. I went to school at, uh, in Lincoln Center, the high school of performing arts. Yeah. The famed high school of performing arts. And so, so for me, yeah, meditation, and then it just got a little bit more, like it changed, you know. When I got to LA, I was very into like a lot of spirituality and read lots of books and things. And then, and I would also go to Venice when I was in LA. I'd go to Venice and walk the boardwalk and spend time at the beach, like on the weekends. It was like, it was so, it was like, to me, that was meditation. I like, I love nature, you know, and as a kid, I, you know, my grandparents had a house upstate New York, up in like Hunter Mountain. And I would love like the quietness of everything. So the stillness, you know, if you, if you, I think if you like stillness and 
and your your breath if you can be one with your breath and the stillness and the quietness that's meditation you know so there's a lot of misconceived notions as to what meditation is mm -hmm. you know um I, uh, I've always known about it. I feel like I've had moments where I've like done practical meditation. Like you said, like in your case, walking in my case must've been rollerblading or things like that. I think whenever I'm just present in the moment yeah. and really here observing and feeling the, the isness that it is and not judging it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I really like doing activities that put me present. Uh, last year we started playing tennis and that, that's very active, but when I'm in it, like when you know she's taking lessons and I'm just kind of naturally good, but my form sucks. But when we have a good rally back and forth, that feels like a meditation. Yeah, it's like no, we're here. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is all that matters. I am so I am one with the ball, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we just started taking surf lessons as well. We bought our first surfboard and wetsuits, and Ooh. going out there with the ocean. That also is something that makes me feel present, you know. Mm. And I think that there's so much of our culture right now that's beautiful that we have access to with technology, but also it's robbing our focus. Mm -hmm. There is a big deficit of intentional focus, at least in my life. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like in the greater behaviors here in America, you know, mm -hmm. because we can look anything online, right? You can learn whatever. But I think that just because you have the whole menu there doesn't mean you need to scroll through the entire right, menu. Right. Totally. Right? Because I, I know for me, I can make an excuse and say, well, oh, well, this is for work. Or I could mm -hmm. use this for something else. And, and there's a difference between when I'm intentionally watching something or when I just have it on to avoid hearing my thoughts. And then I'm like, oh, then I'm using mm -hmm. it as escapism, not mm -hmm. to even connect with art mm -hmm. or whatever. Right? Mm -hmm. um, right before we started talking today, I was mentioning, because you're asking me how I was doing, that right now I feel a lot better and I was feeling very overwhelmed before. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because overwhelm kind of has nothing to do with the outside world. I mean, the outside world can influence it. Mm -hmm. But I was overwhelmed when I was unsuccessful and wasn't making good money. And then I started becoming more successful and making more money. And then I was still overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, ah, it's me. You know, and, and, and we hear these things. We see these Instagram quotes and mm -hmm. see it in the books. And it's one thing to know it in theory. The other thing to experience it, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm at a point in my journey where I'm finally, because creatively, I've always been able to, to do my art. Mm -hmm. I never had a problem getting to do my art, mm -hmm. but I always had a problem financially sustaining myself from it. You know, I, mean, I never had to get a real job, but it would be like, you know, like I could have gotten a job at HBO, but I didn't want to. I don't want to just be an editor at some company. I wanted mm -hmm. to create my thing. So there were some months where I made a lot of money, some months where I made no money, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and now it's like I'm consistently getting material things that I've always wanted. And it's mm -hmm. not that they're bad, but they don't change how I feel at all, mm -mm. you know? And then the weird part is that then like bitter, bigger and better things would come that like I used to dream of having like a red camera, mm -hmm. right? Like as a, as a young videographer, you know, we used to always film with our DSLRs. And then on some music videos, we can rent the big cinema camera for this one production. Mm -hmm. And I was like, one day I'm gonna own one. And, you know, now I own it and like three other cameras. And then, then I still feel overwhelmed and not creative some days. And I'm like, ah. Oh. You just have to like check in, that's all. <laughs> you probably just have to check in and think, like every now and then I'll just be like, <laughs> yeah, it'll just come to me like naturally. I'll just be like, if I land at, at you know, in LA, I'll be like, Wow, what a blessing. I was able to go and do something that I love to do. I was able to like 
make some art, create how I like to create with people that are on the same page and and get to come home and I go home to my home. How, how amazing, how amazing is that? So I, I don't like not recognize it. It's, it, it really is. It sounds cliche, but it's like, if you can recognize the small things, I think that's a, a I think it's a special gift. <laughs> me too. Be, to me, a very attractive quality is somebody who's grateful, mm-hmm. right? Like if you imagine somebody like even like at a gathering, a typical even like industry gathering, like everybody's just trying to be all cool or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And you got one person who just sees a cool leaf on the ground. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the coolest looking leaf I've ever seen. And, the, and they could get everybody's attention just by how passionate mm-hmm. they are about the beauty there. And it's oh, yeah. like, it's it's your ability to see the greatness in the world mm-hmm. is the richness, Yeah. right? Yeah. It's not, because there's a never ending amount of things that can be mm. attained, right? Yeah. You, you, technically you can never have enough. If, you, if you're going for the outside stuff, mm-hmm. right? But it's one I can bring that sense of, and it's an act. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said that when you land, you, mm-hmm. you, you have a feeling of gratitude. You just feel like, it's, and it's not like I try. It was like the other day I landed in LA and I was like, ah, oh, I was like, wow, I'm back in LA. I'm going home. And I just came from someplace great. Yes. And I'm able to do. Oh my yes. god, this oh, is the best. Oh my god, this is the best. Good boy, you're the best distraction ever. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, you're so amazing. I love you. Good boy, Brazzy. Okay. Really awesome. That was like perfection. Great timing. That right? was really, really good because I love dogs. Yes, buddy. <laughs> you know, that was kind of a, 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 you know, dogs are so smart. Yes. <laughs> and your dog connected to my energy, apparently. He's he's very intuitive oh, like that. He knows yes. the right time to come in yes. for a hug. Yes. Yes. It's a great. This is going to be a very special part of this podcast. That's a beautiful thing about dogs, yeah. right? Like they find so much oh, excitement oh with God. anything. You give them an old dirty sock that they want to. Yes, yeah, I know, I know. Yes, I know. Brazzy, I yes, yes. I do. Good it's boy. Really a good thing. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Ugh. Are you kidding? Yes. Are you kidding? Yes. Like, that's like perfection right there. <laughs> yes. That's perfection right there. Like, yes. I know. I won't talk to you. I won't. <laughs> Did you have a formal moment where you said, I'm going to learn how to meditate? I, I just became a lot more curious about it. Yeah. But well, I think. Yeah. If you were kind of living it already for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean. You know, like my journey, like, uh, you know, I was probably about 15 or 16. And true story, no lie. I would cut pictures out of of things that inspired me. And I would tape them along my wall in my bedroom. Visualizing. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was absolutely creating the the, the vision board for my life at 15 or 16. What was on that vision board? Um, well, I was in New York, so I grew up dancing in New York. And like there was a lot of theater available to me because like Broadway was right there in, right. in New York City. So, you know, obviously I was connected to television and that medium and movies and all things dance. Anything that had to do with dance. I was very curious. I was at a very young age, extremely interested in when I saw something, if I had if I had a program 
from a show, I looked through that program. I looked at everyone's name in that program. Yeah. There was there true truly there was not one name in there that I wasn't curious about who they were, which one they were on stage, how and how I could find out who they were and the music that was playing and the choreography and the direction and who the producers were on record albums. I wanted to know. I read every single word that was on these albums. I wanted to know when, how, who, where, what, and why. So you were sure as a teenager sure, that your was, career was going to be in professional art? I didn't know. I knew. Oh, yeah, for sure. I knew yeah. I was going to be doing something. Yeah. Like on some level, but. Was your family supportive? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. That's great. Not many artists have that. I was really lucky to have that. Yeah. So, so I, was very, I was very curious about the, the, the what and the why and the how and the who. Like in, um, I would go see, I remember going to see like the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater mm. and literally like, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, in my whole life. I yeah. was like, what is this? This is unbelievable. And so, you know, and one of the greatest dancers that ever walked planet Earth, Desmond Richardson, you know. So, I mean, when I saw him, we went, went, we went to the same high school and he was a senior. And I remember seeing him dance and thinking I didn't even understand, couldn't even comprehend what that was at that level. Yeah. One of the 20th century greatest modern contemporary dancers that ever walked planet Earth. True story. So it was like that changed my perspective on what I knew was or what I had seen up until that point. And then that shifted me off of where I was and then elevated me to another level of curiosity and how I could attain that. But I was a, um, a like a sophomore in high school and he was a senior. And so, and- Oh, you guys were in the same school? Yeah. Oh, so you were seeing, was everybody at that school like, yeah, he's gonna be the one? Who? Talking about Desmond? Desmond, he, or, well, he, was, he was already the one. Oh, he was already on Alvin Ailey while was, in high school? Well, no, he was in high school, and I think he probably joined the company at, shortly after. But it was apparent. That it's kind of like when you see like a basketball player, and you're like, okay, this, this person's going to the league. It was, it was like, yeah. extremely apparent. Yeah. It was extremely apparent. What do you and, think makes the difference? Like in his case, let's talk about Desmond. Because I haven't seen a ton of his work, but I hear so many praises about him. You felt it. What was it? It was another level of excellence. It was just a commitment to the art. It was, a, but you know, at that school, it's the high school of performing arts, LaGuardia. Right. It was the high school in the movie Fame. Right. Debbie Allen. Right. That set everything up. You know what I mean? So I had to audition to get into that school, and they p pick only a select few. And one of the teachers there believed and saw me, and. Um, and I got accepted into the school. And that's what started my formal training. So we were studying, you know, all morning is, is your art form. So you had acting, there was, uh, there were acting uh, students, there were musicians, there were singers, there were dancers. And so I was in the dance department and um, you were studying modern dance, studying Martha Graham technique, and then you were studying ballet with the, like, the top faculty. It's the, one of the best schools in the world for 
That's amazing. The arts. That must have been such an education. I mean, creatively. I mean, there are many people that came from that school that are doing incredible things. I believe Timothy Chalamet. Oh wow! Yeah, he's was like in the school and already acting at a high level, getting nominated for an Oscar. So, did you ever want to do music and acting, or did you know dancing was your? No, dancing was the thing at that point because I needed the formal training, mm. and so I needed to study. I needed to study ballet and modern and put that foundation underneath to give it the the solid, you know. Yeah. Like, like the anchor. The roots to the tree, yes, so that the tree doesn't blow over in the storm. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I needed the roots. I needed the anchor. I needed the foundation that would sustain me for the rest of my career. Yes, because you can be creative on top of that, but that foundation well, gives that, you things to draw from. You, that gives you the ability to do anything. It gives you the ability to do anything. So if you're going to go into commercial dance, and I, you know, my hope was to. Um, be well versed in everything. Yeah, and so I, you know, I, uh, you know, I wanted to do Broadway, and then, but somehow I got to that later. I ended up coming to LA and um, and getting scooped up by Paula Abdul right when she was putting out albums and at the top of the charts. And so I, I had a private audition with her and um, to dance for her tour, to dance for her, and she. It happened. I, I stepped foot. I landed in L.A. and um, Julie McDonald set up a private audition for me and Paula. And Shout out to Julie. There it is. That's beautiful. Yeah, was that your first professional gig you booked? No, I I was in New York before all of this, and I I was uh, you know I auditioned for commercials. Um, I did a Teddy Graham's commercial, the Nabisco snacks. Did you ever have to do like regular jobs? Well, no. So, so from so, just so I can understand the timeline. So, you went to that performing arts high school. Mm-hmm. Once you graduated, what happened? Let's go chronologically. Well, I just um, you were just I was leaving school to go audition for projects. And you were getting booked. I was getting booked. Yeah, I. I, I so it became a real thing because yeah. some artists it takes a while for them to become professional artists. Mm-hmm. You were straight out of that school already, like yeah. working, and then you just moved to LA to work on. More significant projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very lucky to and fortunate to like get, you know, in New York City at the time. I had auditioned for some, and was uh, came in contact with some incredible dancers and performers like um, Marianne Lamb, one of the greatest dancers of all time. Um, uh, Wayne Salento, a choreographer who was a Bob Fosse dancer. Wow. Then became a a world-renowned choreographer, choreographed many, many shows on Broadway, um, and then Wicked. Wow. And so he was was someone who recognized me, saw me, hired me, and um, that was great. And he was such a, he was a a great figure in dance, you know? And so, and I met him when I was 16. And so, and then... Uh, you know, I, I had just met so many great people that had done some iconic things, and it was really cool. It's nice to <clears throat> to connect with people on that creative mm-hmm. frequency. Yeah. You know, my parents, they were both ballet dancers and choreographers, so I just grew up around it. And to me, it took a while for me to understand that not everybody grew up that way. Mm. It just felt normal. Like, of course, your parents do art and everybody around you. It, 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 like, yeah. it just... 
I was so in it mm. that now, you know, I've gotten a chance to be a little older and I can say, oh, wow, I can appreciate just how special that was mm. to spend a lot of my childhood around other people in pursuit of artistic excellence, mm-hmm. have that be a peer group, you know? Um, I can imagine, you know, in, in your position as well, right? Because it's, it's like there's a frequency that you tap into. Like we all have unique personalities, but the people that are really creative, there's just something, there just is can't explain it they're just they're yeah, like this vessel yeah. that's just i also think that there's no one way yeah of doing anything right there's no one way to path to whatever you want to call it especially creatively yeah it's like everyone has a different journey a different path a different way of doing things and it's all valid did your path go according to your plan i would think so yeah yeah how what, like what was it? it was like okay cool i'm gonna go tour for artists and then eventually choreograph like you had that in your mind going into no, it i had no 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 um no desire to choreograph <laughs> really <laughs> no that's so interesting because yeah. i think people from the outside don't understand that there's a difference between yeah. somebody who wants to dance and choreograph yeah with me um okay going back to your question about what was on my vision board um at the time like when i was 17 17 there was a show on broadway called jerome robbins broadway and jerome robbins you know he he did west side story which is one of the greatest works of all time it's timeless it could come back in a few lifetimes and it's still good yeah they've just remade it yeah you know so it says something about the work yes why did they bring it back because it's that good it's a powerful story it's that good you know, and he was one of the greatest storytellers in dance of all time. Greatest, one of the greatest storytellers in dance. So for me, I went to see this show and they had a cast of like 60 some odd dancers, singer, actors. And I literally, the feeling I had in the audience was unlike anything I've ever experienced in my whole life, even till this day. And people like Marianne Lamb were in this show, um, Charlotte D'Amboise, um, Scott Fowler, the greatest dancers you'd ever seen. And well, of course they would be because Jerome Robbins selected them. And, and it, it was so incredible. It was like, it literally, literally brought you to tears to just, you just couldn't even, there were no words. It was the greatest dance I've ever seen on stage. And that like shifted me. And I, I don't know why I just, I wanted to be in that show so bad, but I was too young, obviously. What was the name of the show? Jerome Robbins Broadway. Oh, this, oh, this it was, oh, it was, it the was, musical was called that. Got it. It was an evening of all of his works. He oh. had created The King and I. He had created the choreography for Peter Pan. He had the, created Fiddler on the Roof. He had created West Side Story. He oh, created, so he did the choreography for those. So this night, these, put them together. Put them together in an evening. Oh, like a greatest hits almost, but movement wise. Jerome Robbins Broadway. And oh. it starred um, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld as the narrator. And um, he was fused in throughout the entire show. And it was incredible. Like he understood st- like real storytelling through movement. Yeah. Real storytelling. Yes. Yeah. Like the, the in the in the dictionary, there it is, you know. And so that was really inspiring to me. And I was like, I just want to do that. And so I was too young to be in that show. I had auditioned. What a great 
experience to be in the room with incredible people such as, you know. And then, um, but I think cut to many years later, I went to see the show. I'd bought tickets maybe 15 times. Wow. I went to see it over and over and over and over and over again. But at the time, I didn't know what was subconsciously in here. Yeah. Cut to later, I get this opportunity. I had danced professionally until I was 35, 36. I had done a lot of work, great, great projects, you know, and then... um so you think you can dance came along and then I jumped in. Yeah. But I didn't set out to be a choreographer. Oh, so when you went to so you think I was that wasn't my I didn't No, I didn't I didn't I just jumped in and as any dancer would, you just do the project and do it to the best of your ability. And you work really hard and you know. And so but subconsciously, I was thinking, cut to like, after I had be, like started developing my skills as a choreographer on the show, working every week to try to find my voice as a choreographer. What do I have to say? Right. It's one thing to know how to move. It's another thing to channel the voice. There, you know, as a choreographer, I'm not trying to show you my steps. Yes, the steps are my steps. Right. But I thought, what am I saying? What am I saying? Who am I? What is my voice? What do I have to say through these steps? You know what I'm saying? So, so because I had learned, you know, from seeing the greats, Jerome Robbins, Alvin Ailey, Martha Graham, you know, the pioneers, the people who paved the way, you know, and on many lists, a, a list of many others, you know, Twyla Tharp, um, so many I can go on forever, but like, um, like, what are you saying through these steps? What does this mean? What am I supposed to understand after I see these steps? How do you convey the message? The steps, it's not about the step, ever. Step is a, is a, is a, a, is a tool. The, it's the tool. But what is being conveyed? And, you know, art is subjective. You can look at it however. Yes, I've seen many creations that are just steps and you know, uh, you know, the art is can be born of anything. It can be about nothing, <laughs> and that's valid too. Yeah. You know, so, but you were asking yourself about what your message was. Yeah. So I was just like trying to like, you know, the process through, you know, in the process. You know what I mean? You you have to, you have to be in the process. That's a really beautiful mm. pivotal point because it's so interesting, right? Because as a dancer, you're executing so many steps. Mm -hmm on behalf of other people's projects, mm -hmm. right? But then when you get into a position to put your voice in it, you're asking a deeper question. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm there in my career. Mm -hmm. Like most of my career, I've been doing all the projects I've been hired for mm. and getting to execute other people's visions. Mm -hmm. But very rarely have I like put my message all the way through on a project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been just my best execution of their mm -hmm. message that I kind of align with, right? And now I'm, I'm getting that, that yearning, which is why I even started this podcast, because it's like, there's something else I want to tap into. There's a voice. Now, mm. it's like, I think at the beginning it was, can I make it look professional? Yeah. Right? Can I make it look good? Now my stuff looks good. Now what is it saying? Exactly. There's only, like you said, it's not about the step. Because I, cause sometimes the appropriate step is no step. 
for that character? Stillness. Right? You know, we just went to New York uh, a couple weeks ago and we saw our first Broadway. We saw Chicago. And oh, yeah. yeah, I'd never seen one before. I had done Chicago in like Did you? 2005. I stepped into Chicago for a, a nice like eight to 10 months. To, to dance in it? Well, or, or to sing, act, and say, dance. Yeah, to yeah. do the, oh. You have to, you yeah. Know, I was one of the, you know. Beautiful piece of work. That must have been incredible to do it. I mean, when I, I wonder when we, who you saw. Do you remember who you saw as Roxy and Velma or no? I don't have the names off the top of my head. Okay. I followed them all on Instagram, but I forgot. Because yeah. um, I, I definitely I looked them up and I was like, I need to Ro hit the, who was Who was Roxy? I wonder if it was a, a um, short, sandy head bangs. Short blonde hair. Um, yeah, short blonde hair. I had the facial. Really? Yeah. Really good? Yeah, really phenomenal. It's phenomenal to, it execution. And it was just seeing that much excellence also in the how everything was put together, right? Mm. The the orchestra took up like more than yeah, half the stage. Yeah, yeah. So they only have that first twenty yeah. percent yeah. the front of stage, and yet the entire story was told mm. with the least amount of the stage. And it just goes to show when there's excellence and intention in the lighting cues and when to do it this way, when to backlight it, when to front light it, when to do this. And you're just like, and I was noticing yeah. how everything was synced I up. Love, and it was it was one of my favorite ah. productions to be a part of. I mean, I had done Fosse on Broadway, you know what I mean? So that was really thrilling for me. There was a piece called Fosse on Broadway or you did Fosse's pieces on Broadway? There was a show called Fosse. Okay. It was all of his Bob Fosse's work. Yeah. And Anne Reinking, the great Anne Reinking. Yeah. Who sadly passed not too long ago, but um, was his muse. She, I mean, she was everything Bob Fosse. <laughs> wow. And so I was hired by Anne Reinking and, and uh, the late Gwen Verdon, his wife. So I, I was lucky enough to work with them, which is great. So yeah. you, if you were singing on that, was that the only singing job you did? Because No, I'd studied uh, voice while I was in New York because you're living in New York. You want to be right. on Broadway, you got to sing. You got to sing, you got to dance, you got to act, all the same. But prior to, to doing Broadway, you didn't, you weren't doing like voiceover gigs in between no. doing... No, Right, like you didn't use was, your voice professionally unless it was that, right? I was auditioning for shows and having to sing and bring my music in and be a singer. Because you have to be able to really hold. You have to legitimately sing. You know, you don't. You Did it feel weird for you, you being a more quiet person, mm. singing like that? I mean, I guess so. Yeah, but then you like, like anything. It's everything's a process and a and a journey, and you never arrive. Right. Right. Like if you're not getting better and you're not growing, then you've arrived. So yeah. That's it. You're there. I don't think so. Yeah, it sounds satisfying. So. Any artist, if you're a great artist, yeah. you're always evolving. There's always more to discover, more to figure out. What more could you do? Yeah. What more do you want? What more don't you want? What are you, what's the next step? What isn't the next step? Those are all for any artist, right? Is there anything that you used to believe earlier in your career that now you no longer believe? That there's some, some limiting belief about yourself or about the world or the industry? Yeah. or. Yeah, probably. I mean, any anything you can think of, like anything, something that you were particularly wrong about. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think as any dance, like any dancer, you 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 slowly mature as a dancer. Mm. You know, and you don't. You know, you can 
you can become the greatest dancer you can be through training and hard work. Right. But they're really, I mean, I grew up with the word the best. And I guess it's... it's. What does that it, mean to you, the best? Well, it meant something different when you're 18, and now it means nothing to me. <laughs> Did your parents push you to be the best? No, no. They never had a no, high no. expectations? Uh-uh. No, they weren't I, saying you should go to college and get a real job? Never, no. Were they like hippies? Or were they, they, no. No? They're, they were just chill, like, sure, it was be a dancer? It was evident that I, I could dance okay. from early on. They could tell. They were like, I mean, well, you I, got this. I mean, I, music and, and dance and music, song, singing, dance, all kinds of different, like, different kinds of music were in my house growing up. Lots of... Uh, world music, black music, Brazilian, um, seriously, Latin music, Spanish music. Everything was in my house. I grew up with a lot of Motown, a lot of watching Soul Train, American Bandstand, everything. We watched everything. Yeah. But it was music and dance because, you know, I grew up Greek Orthodox and, you know, my mom's Greek, my dad's Italian. So I had that good culture and like music and like the love of dance and movement was like everything you know and as a family you guys oh yeah we watched up till stuff three in the morning like oh i love doing, that like just you know as greek people breaking dishes and like you know what i mean and, yes. like, and loving loving and being in new york city like in the center of culture yes. culture everything everyone you know, the, everything was just... The culture exchange of that, right? People from all different backgrounds. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. I remember, like, just having an array of friends and being an artist. You know, my mom did makeup and hair. So she was, like, in that creative zone. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. That's really and, like, nice. My, my mother, I lived, like, not too far from, like, 20 minutes from... Coney Island. Yeah, I've heard Brooklyn. of it. Yeah. And there was a place like, you know, there's like the rides. There's like the cyclone, the famous cyclone. The first roller coaster to go upside down, right? No, it was the cyclone. Okay, this the cyclone. roller coaster. Okay, it was okay. famous. And it was like wood and it was like. Oh, the old wooden one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The OG scary one. As, yeah, yeah. Scary as all hell. The one where like the seatbelt barely uh, holds you. Yeah. It was scary. <laughs> and it was like the first drop. Oh my God. But, but my mother used to take me and my brother at like 11 o'clock at night uh, to Coney Island and we'd ride the bumper cars where the DJ was the sickest DJ <laughs> in Brooklyn and the music was out of control, incredible. Like underground, underground sound. Awesome. Like that you didn't hear on the radio, but it was so filled with like soul and funk and groove that like oh my god so we would go my mom would say let's go 11 o'clock at night and we'd ride the bumper cars and it was dark with all the lights and the music it was so incredible so that's beautiful I that you, your parents early. had a sense of life oh yes <laughs> life for sure they 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 knew good music they knew good they knew good movement they knew what was good their taste in in people and just you know being new yorkers and coming from brooklyn it's a good it's a good place that's beautiful yeah. man that's a really beautiful thing that mm -hmm. that environment of also the family jointly appreciating art that's something mm -hmm. my family does too mm -hmm. every time we go home for christmas mm -hmm. we'll all watch a, a movie together but everybody 
intently. And then we'll go in the kitchen and talk about it for two hours, break it down to the scene, oh, this scene. And that reminds me of this one. Love it. And somebody will bring up a YouTube clip. And, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's like yeah. a round table yeah. artist energy exchange. Mm -hmm. It's 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 nice to appreciate that. I think sometimes yeah. uh, when people become professional creators, I've seen it to where they act like they're too cool for school. Like all they have to say is something negative about projects. It's like, no, you can still be a fan. It's okay for you to oh, just yeah. be like, oh, I love the way they sure, do. Like, it's, cause it keeps you passionate. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so for me, I, I think uh, the same when I, going back to saying like the best, <laughs> you want to be the best as you're growing up and yeah. learning and growing and all that stuff. And, you know, you're immature, whatever. And now, now that like maturity sets in, it's like I became, the, I think, the best dancer I could be even at 30. You know, I stepped into like the role of my life, like in Fosse. I was a lead, a featured lead on Broadway at 30. Amazing. And it was the hardest, like, you know, role, dance. It's like a four minute solo, like iconic solo that Fosse created in a show originally called Dancing in the 70s. And then they brought this show back to Broadway with all of that material in the year 2000. Um, Fosse on Broadway and I stepped and I replaced Desmond Richardson wow. he was in the Tony nominated role and he when once he left the show I was hired to step in and, and into his role that's incredible it's great because then but I was looking up at him in high school as the greatest thing I'd ever seen and then so now was, you're filling in the shoes coming in and on Broadway and I was I, my, that was my Broadway debut. I stepped into a featured lead role in a Fosse wow. show, and I was worked with the legendary great Gwen Verdon and Anne Ranking. Wow! I mean, it was just so incredible. Did you? Was that feeling like the pinnacle of you as a dancer? Was, well, I had just come off tour with Janet Jackson. Okay, so you already did that <laughs> on her Velvet Rope World Tour. Wow! The greatest, one of the greatest projects ever, ever. Tina Landon. Wow! Dancing with. Seanette Hurd, Kelly Kono, Gil Doldalau. What? <laughs> yeah. An amazing group of dancers. Teresa Espinoza, mm. Rob Vincent, Michael Andrews. You know. I love Teresa. She's mm. cool. I used to stay at one of her Airbnbs. Or yeah. Yeah, property of her. I, think one of, I used to live yeah. in her apartments. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like... When you do a role like that, do you mm. say it's time for me to move on to being a choreographer? Or were you I, still I, like, I, I, I can still, keep dancing? I was still dancing. I was dancing for, you know, luckily Tina Landon was so good to me and so gracious and one of the best choreographers I've ever worked with and one of the best human beings. And so she put me in some other projects like Ricky Martin's Live in La Vida Loca and Je Jennifer Lopez you know, just a, a bunch of projects. And like, so it was great. It was so, so cool to like do all of that work. And then um, in a, like around 2006, yeah. So You Think You Can Dance came along. And, so, and I just jumped in. Did you enjoy meeting your idols? Because a lot of times they say sometimes maybe you should or shouldn't, but meeting some, not, <clears throat> not, projecting that they were your idols, but working with people like Janet Jackson on that level. Oh, well, that was otherworldly. So Janet Jackson is one of the greatest people to work for ever. How would you describe her vibe? Like, 
it's a good question. Like, I guess, um, like a quiet fire, Mm. (laughs) you know? So it's like so strong. You could feel the greatness. You could feel the strength. You could feel the, that magical magnetic gift emanating from her all in one all right through her eyes like you know the eyes are the window to the soul yeah you know and she she's just you know do you remember the first time you met her the hello moment i auditioned for the janet album with the songs like that's the way love goes if right uh and so I had audition. There was a bunch of us who auditioned. I think Carrie Annie Nava auditioned too. We were all like Jennifer Lopez was in there too auditioning. And but usually you don't meet the artist in an audition. You don't get to really at talk the call to them. Back, okay. At the callback. Okay. Callback. We we yeah we met her, and uh, we sat down and there was a very short interview. I think she probably wanted to get a feel for who you are as a person. So they just asked us, "What do you like to do? What do you do for fun?" Yeah. And I was just like, I was just kind of like. I just couldn't even believe I was sitting there. Right. And I had long hair at the time, you know. And so, like, I was chosen to be one of the dancers on the IF video, one of the greatest dance videos of all time. Iconic. And uh, that was pretty fantastic. And it was amazing. You say there's, like, a special energy that comes from these mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. form on an excellent level. Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think is, like, God-given, and how much of that was that they built it up. I think it's all of it. Yeah, it's all of it, right? It's through hard work and perseverance, you know, and a God-given talent or whatever you want to call it, some sort of innate gift, you know, something that you can't really describe. Is there commonality, if you could even pick one, between all the people that you've worked with that you consider excellent or the best? I know that everybody has their own way of doing it, but is there um, something you notice consistently with them? Yeah, everyone's gift is on a high level because I think frequency, like, I feel like, I think like what you, like, it's like work ethic is so important, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it never went out of style. Right. It never left. Right. So anyone who thinks that it left, it never went out of style. Right? Right. Hard work never went out of style. And what you put and what you put forward into your craft, I think I think I can only speak for me specifically. I think I was lined up and coupled with the names that were a direct match for what I was looking for and thirsting for and hunger. Mm. I had a hunger for. Yes. You know, I saw the excellence of Desmond Richardson and all these incredible people at this level, at this excellent level. I was, so I was like, like looking at what that could be. And so when I moved to LA, I meet Paula Abdul. I met Michael Peters, the great Michael Peters, right? Um, Janet Jackson, you know? And then Rob Marshall, you know, Twyla Tharp. Um, Sounds like they all have this hunger of contribution, like they really care. I think so when I danced, I think they 
Debbie Allen, I connected right away. Marguerite Derricks, you know, you know, all these people. When I went in the room and danced, I must we we were speaking each other's language. Yes. So it's like energy, it's frequency, it's vibration, I think. Like you shouldn't have to push somebody that hard. No. They either want to yeah. dedicate that much or they don't, yeah. especially at that level. Yeah. Totally. I agree. Because mm. I, I think that when I am tapped into a state of giving, it gives me energy. Mm. When I'm not fully tapped into it, something feels like work or it feels like a chore. Mm. And it could be not granted. True. Everybody at some point yeah, needs yeah. to rest. Mm. But when I'm really passionate about a project, it doesn't even matter what they're paying me. When no. I really care, no. when I really care. And recently I took on um, two passion projects because there's these people that I really wanted to work with. I hit them up and I said, I'm going to direct something with you mm. and it's happening. Mm. Like you don't have to pay me. Like it's, we're it, going to create. It's not even work. It's like, it's like literally like, like I like your mission and yeah. I'm going to contribute. Yeah. I, I see there's this one speaker. I love all the, the passion he puts into it. I'm like, mm. I want to contribute to that mission. Mm -hmm. I see how hard they're 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 making their art and i notice it i'm like ah because i know because I, I want to tap into that good feeling yeah as well of like i feel like i can contribute to that mm. yeah i mm -hmm. think the reason i ask that is because i feel that the global conversation at least the, that i read online i think a lot of people are disconnected from their energy of giving mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of trauma that we all everybody has trauma we all are dealing with it but I feel so much of the conversation right now is about what I'm not getting, right? The government needs to give me this. They need to give me this. Everybody needs to give, 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 give. Mm. But um, the people who end up actually making things happen, they're the ones putting forth the, the effort mm. to change it, right? Like mm. even if you go back to like a civil rights level, like Martin Luther King, like he was creating the vision for what he wanted. Mm. He wasn't just saying what he doesn't want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His dream wasn't that every white person will get yeah, punished. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? That wasn't his dream. Yeah, yeah. His dream was what he actually wanted. Right. He was focused on the on the solution, mm. on the vision for what he wants on the right. stage of life, not on the problems, right? We may have to fix the problems to get the vision, but the collective conversation right now is so looping on the problem mm. that I really, I hope we can get more of us to tap into like what you're saying. Right? Like when you're working on these major projects, not, not every single person is going to work with John Jackson, but it doesn't matter. It's about what that represents. Mm -hmm. Representing wanting to contribute at that level. You can contribute at that level to your family, yeah, to your yeah, whatever. At this point, I just want to be in the room with people who uh, vibe the way I do and, and differently and where we can both like feel that, that excellent energy. Mm. You know, so I just recently did a concert here in L.A., Called Full Circle. Okay. It was at the Wilshire Bell. Okay. And Jackie Slight, who's one of my teachers, you know, a force in the dance world. She asked like myself, Mandy Moore, Ryan Heffington, Dominique Kelly, Liz Imperio, mm. and a few others to create works for a, a show where people could come to. Because we haven't had a show anywhere. Right? Yeah. So it happened. Like maybe uh in July it was packed and it was so incredible <laughs> it was so incredible and like I had like I was like when Jackie Slate calls you say yes yes and we all said yes all of us this is a dance show it's a dance show Beautiful. she's like I want I want to have a dance show in LA 
at the Wilshire Ebell, a really nice theater where people come in and sit down in a theater. Yes. And that place was packed, packed. And the dancers, everybody was like, and I had selected six female dancers. And it was like, what I, and it was called Full Circle. Mm. And what Jackie gave me as a young dancer, I wanted to give back to her. And the dancers that I had instantly said, yes. And our energy, the synergy between us, it was one of my best works I think I've created. And it was just, and that night was so filled with so much excellence. Like it was yes. crazy. Like everyone's work was just <laughs> unbelievable. And the great thing is when, that when you have that, it's a collaborative frame. Mm -hmm. Even though you all push each other to be better, the more excellent everybody is in the room, the more excellent it makes you want to become. Not to be better than them, but oh, because yeah. they help you see what's possible oh, within oh, yourself. It all shine brightly together. <laughs> there is no better. According to who? Who, who has the rule book on better and best? Right. Is there a rule book? Because art, last time I checked, is subjective. Yeah. What you like, somebody else might not. Yes. So you don't get to, you just make your art and you put it out there. It's to give. It's not to get. Yes. If your intention is to get, I think it's slightly skewed, don't you think? I agree. You make art to give it to, to, to in a world where it feels brutal, where people need to feel better. So after you, you know, this, this man, his name is Alonzo King. He has this, he's incredible. You should look him up on YouTube. He's, he's, he's got some amazing words of wisdom. He talks about, about, um, you know, just creating and just doing, uh, with not being in your head. Yes. You know, like as a performer, like he says, like, you know, if you're on stage doing a piece of choreography and in your head we're worried about you we're like are you are they okay are they gonna make is it is everything okay but when you're just doing and serving the art and serving what the choreography is what the choreographer asks you to do what the director asks whoever asks you you know as artists as a dancer i loved being in a room with a choreographer going in the room and they're creating yes. i wasn't thinking like am i going to get the job no, no. Right. I was like, I just want to be with this choreographer wherever they're going. You know what I mean? Mm. Wherever they're going. I don't know where they're going, but I just want to make, because as the dancer, you're the crayon. You're, you're the paint. Yes. You're the paint. You have to make the, the, we're all in the room together to make one vision happen, one picture. Yes. It's not about you or you or me. It's about everything. Yes. It's this whole picture for all of us for the person creating the vision to make the art, if you're a real artist, if you're, if you're a real artist, we're making the art, we're all in this together. I need to get out of your way so that this can happen. It's not about, oh, you need to, it's not about ego. Right. You can't have ego. Because everybody's there to serve the main mission. Now, people may have different perspectives to add, yeah. but you have to serve yeah. the mission yeah. of the day. Yeah, that's a, you, you went into the room because you trust that the creation and the people, all the players in the room are, we're all vibing on the same thing. Yes. We're all in the same energy, the same, we're all on the same page. So you walked into the room, you said, I want to participate. Right? Yes. Right? Isn't that true? Yes, absolutely. So you walked into the room. You said, yeah, I want to play. I want to do this. Yeah. I want to make art with you because I, I like what you do.
Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's like, and they say ego, I heard this saying a long time ago, ego means etching God out. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yes. So. Because when you're, when you're meditating or when you're doing your art, right? When you're in that present moment, you disappear. Like I remember those times where I used to do like these motivational speeches at conventions and when I would be in a really good flow with it, mm -hmm. I would, the whole, just, mm -hmm. I would just be a vessel. Like at yeah. the end, I even forgot what I said. I just, mm -hmm. once I just tap into yeah. not thinking about how I look, right. it's like, just get the message out there. True. Yeah. So interesting, man. I love the world of, of shows, like mm -hmm. growing up with that and mm -hmm. seeing the process. I love every part of it, the rehearsal, mm. a concept, oh, what we should do, what kind of lights are we going to get, how's it going to, what's the opening thing? I love looking at, sometimes I'll go through a bunch of people's Netflix, like stand-up specials, and I'll be like, what's the first line they say? Or what's the first scene of a movie? Because it just, it sets the tone. There's, yeah, su yeah. there's such an art to it, you know? And when you mm. said you went to that, to that show multiple times, which one was it? Jerome Robbins Broadway, yeah. That's what I did when I saw, um, Kanye West's Glow in the Dark tour. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with that particular tour. No. It was the first time a hip-hop concert mm. had real creative direction. Ah. Prior to that one, yeah. it was like, for the most part, like mm. the, the, the big rappers at the time were just having like a DJ on stage, mm. a bunch of their friends with white t-shirts and mm. whatever lights. Yeah. Kanye, he built a mountain on stage, a spaceship. He had an orchestra, mm. a storyline why we're going from this song to that song or transition, yeah, 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 a thing, whatever, yeah. instrumental breakdowns. And I went to it and I was like, I have to go see it. I saw it three times in Chicago, then I flew to Denver and saw it again. And I just ordered the tour book. I just got it on eBay mm -hmm. off an of auction. I love a great show. Mm -hmm. It's such a cool gift to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And, to, and to receive as well. Like, I love going to concerts. I love mm -hmm. going to stand-up comedy. Now I love I going- I do too, I do too. Uh, we're going to one tonight, actually. Are you? Which one? To the Improv. Oh, we're going to cool. see um, Damon Wayans is going to be there, oh, Craig nice. Robinson, and Burt Kreischer. Oh, okay, great. But we go to like comedy shows like three or four times a month. Like, I just, love comedy. Ah, the fact that there's a whole industry of people just trying to make people laugh. I love comedy. It's like when it's done well. Yeah. You know. It's a dance of words. You know. So it's like, yeah, there's some really good comedians out there. <laughs> When did you decide to fully choreograph and stop dancing? Um, I never stopped dancing, so that was important. Because I think for me, uh, it was important to dance when I choreograph. Because I know what good choreography feels like, because I'd worked with so many great choreographers, mm. that my body knows what good choreography is. So if I dance it, my choreography, when I create it... Um, so you actually, you full out do the choreo right, yeah, yourself, yeah. yeah. But you stopped dancing professionally, like... Yeah, I wasn't auditioning for, you know, I mean, I recently did In the Heights, you know, Chris Scott yeah, asked yeah. me to do it, and he's so incredible, so you don't say no. That was a great movie. Great, amazing, so much fun. Um, and a beautiful project, too, like, the dancing and choreography, and that is, like, outstanding. And so, yeah, when projects really speak to me, I will do it. Right. Yeah. Now you can just choose to do it and pop now in. I, now I choose to be where I want to be. Yeah. You know, because I've danced. I've done, I've done it. I, I've danced my dreams. I've done everything I wanted to do. And so I don't have any, there's no regret like, oh, I should have, you know. So now it's just like fun. Now I dance for fun. Yeah. And it feels really good. That's beautiful. Because I don't have to, I don't have to try to do anything. I just do it. You know what I mean? 
And it's not like if you don't do the project, no. it's you're just going to no. ding your career or whatever. It's yeah. like, okay, you just yeah. want to, what do you want to contribute to? And in my life as a dancer, I said no a lot to many jobs. For what reasons? It just didn't, it just didn't feel right in my soul. And no meant yes. <laughs> a no to this means you're opening a, a yes no for something else. yes to me. Mm. I mean, I should have said yes, I thought at the time, and I struggled with it and decisions and like uh, procrastinating. And But I realized I wasted all that time. It just didn't speak to me. I was making myself feel like I'm supposed to do this. This is so great. I should do this. But now it was an, it was an easy no. <laughs> because of the projects or artists you didn't align with or something know, no. about it, the vibe it was, of it? It was a great project. There were great projects, but... For some reason, my, my inner guides just felt like, didn't have that feeling like, yes, I want to like jump up in the air and land horizontally on the floor because I got this job. Right. Yeah. So. And you had to do that. I think. Having was, faith that financially you would be okay, even though you're trying to I was job. okay. I didn't do things for the money. Yeah. I didn't do it for money. I did it because I wanted to be with these people in the room or this choreographer or this director or this artist or whatever. So. When did you start working with Taylor? I started working with Taylor in like 2012, the end of 2012, I think. Yeah. What was that journey like? Amazing. Like, oh my God. What when you first met her, what was that like? It was spectacular. Like, I, they gave me the song Trouble and created a huge, spectacular performance for the AMAs, hired incredible dancers. She walked in the room and she had the, was beaming of it with excitement when she saw it. That's great. That must be a good feeling of a connection. So, so you were hired for it and you made the choreo, but she hadn't seen the choreo yet, right? Mm -hmm. So when she walked in, she was walking into a room where the you were training the dancers. I was and, putting it together and with a, with the maybe had somebody standing in for the, her with or the whatever. Set, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Created it corner to corner. Such great music, and. Um, we we brought real like full dance a full spectacle into yeah. the world and that was exciting and she loved it that's great mm -hmm. and then did that form a relationship or was that like yeah. how did that build yeah, some people I, get hired just for one job and then that's it how well, did that turn I, into a well, i you know i just thought i was going to do that and that was it and um i um i went on to choreograph the red tour and um some yeah some great all of the promo she did lots of promo um different tv shows or what have you and um why do you think she picked you i think it was energetic yeah she had a fire in her in her core and so did i and i don't know it was just it was a, a great match and i think we just yeah we just it was easy it was an easy exchange. Do you think it, the best exchanges are the ones that are easy? When it's it being easy, is that a metric a for it being flow. aligned? There was a good flow. Yeah, there was a good flow for sure. Yeah, yeah. you could push her, but in the, like she wanted you to give what you wanted to give, right? Like she yeah, was like, we were. I think we. I connected to the music and 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 yeah, it just worked. Yeah. That's great. And then I had gone on to do... Um, was that the biggest tour that you did as a choreographer? 
that was the first tour that I ever did. Oh, that was the first one. Choreographed for an artist, yeah. Wow. So that That's great. a pretty big one to start off with. <laughs> yes. yes, it was a great tour. Amazing. Such great music. Did you get to physically go on the tour the whole time too? And, no, or did you little. set it and let I it go? I set it. I went to a few cities, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. Was that as fulfilling as the Broadway work? Oh, it was it was a different well, because I was I was a performer on Broadway. I danced right. on Broadway. So I'm the performer. Right. Here I come I'm coming in as a creator. Right. So it was it, it, it was it's a different. very different, different it was a different uh, uh approach, you know. Does it matter when you're creating for a big stadium? Because she wasn't doing theater shows. No. She was doing stadium shows. But I had danced on many big stages with some right. great artists. So I understand what that what that the level of what that is for sure yeah. well i was going to ask from a choreography standpoint yeah. if the way you would make the movements on a bigger stage oh, if yeah, they're yeah. different because obviously it they is. have the imag screen it but it's yeah. still it's different you're not sure. doing all the little mm -hmm. on broadway there were so many micro steps that were happening yeah that i saw because we were right there it's more intimate yeah. but i that wouldn't work on a huge place it needs to be no. more yeah, pronounced yeah. clean yeah. like longer yeah, things yeah yeah, yeah. Did you ever get into creative directing and lighting and that kind of stuff? Um, no, we had a great we have a great creative director, um, Baz Halpin, who yeah. was so lovely and so um, just so seamless in the way he works. And um, yeah, we work great together. Did you ever yourself get into anything like that, like lighting or that kind of stuff? Well, Is that stuff I that had, you? I had spent fifteen seasons on So You Think You Can Dance, okay. directing. And creating the look, the lighting, the camera shots for my piece. Oh, so they actually gave you guys that much control. Well, we we tell them what music we pick the music, we create the storyline, we ask for the lighting. Well, obviously, you have a great lighting designer there, right? Um, Emmy Award winner. But you'll say like, I want it cold here yes. and a uh, spotlight we, we, here. But we're creating the world on right. that stage. We're so we are create. Create. We have creative directing our work, right? Which you know, I was fortunate enough to win an Emmy for. That's uh, incredible for a piece of mine in season five. That's incredible. A contemporary piece, you know. Did that feel validating when you got the Emmy? How did it feel? Great. <laughs> Surprising. Surprising. Shocking, great. Yeah. Did it? Such a high honor in. in as a choreographer. Right. I mean, to win the Tony or the Emmy is the highest honor you can receive, I think. Yeah. 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 Did that change the way you looked at yourself? Like, did you get an ego boost and were like, yeah, I'm an Emmy nominated choreographer now? I, um, I, I was. Not in a bad way, but did you, know. did you feel a noticeable, like, did you? I felt like I had reached a, a, a different level mm. for sure but i it didn't stop how hard i felt like i needed to work right the day after <laughs> right i think there's like this illusion that people have of like when you get the thing that then you stop the work but really the people at the highest level they're getting up early they're they love the work yeah, right I, for me it's about the work you know you can't create for an award or anything like that you have to like just I like being in the process with people I like 
like uncovering what's what's at the root of the equation you know what i mean because it's like a you have to problem solve what how can i create something that's um that feels organic that feels you know whatever like a piece of a beautiful piece of visual art that, yeah. says, that says something was it ever one of your goals to win an emmy in the vision I board think, uh you know I, I was sitting there you know with some great choreographers there was a bunch of us like sonia taya um Mandy Moore, Mia Michaels, Wade Robson, you know, there's some great people. And they were all getting nominated for Emmys. And, you know, so I just was like, wow, that'd be great. But I just kept on working, just taking the project and doing your best at what's right in front of you, not thinking ahead. Because I think, you know, now just looking at that, that you know, awards are great. They're amazing. They're incredible, yeah. Yeah, to be noticed, recognized, all that, but it's not everything, <laughs> you know. It's not the thing; it's a recognition of the thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love hearing that because you know we can all theorize about this, but only so many people have won Emmys. Mm. So it's nice to ask somebody, right? And what I love, what I'm getting reaffirmed from your story, is just the love of the process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right because that's even why how recently i got into working out for the longest time i would put off working out because yeah. i would be like well a it feels like a chore and b i don't want to do it just to get buff because then i have a body that i have to keep up and for the vanity reasons and i can talk to girls anyway so it's just like it, 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 i wasn't aligned with it right but then we got a personal trainer like three or four months ago and i was doing it for my mental health mm. Right? I said, hey, phase one of our training, I just want to enjoy the gym. Mm -hmm. Let's just start there for the first two months. Make it to where I crave going. And now I do. Like earlier today, right before you got here, I was a little stressed out because something happened with like an insurance for a shoot. So I, I was like, you know, I need to do some push. And I was like, my mind now knows that I can use exercise as a process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so now if I get a six pack, that's... Uh, cool byproduct mm -hmm. but i would i don't want to work out to get a six-pack because right, right. that's not motivating enough because right. i don't care about it that much i'm wearing a shirt most right. of the time right. you know what i mean like right. it's a it feels like it would be a it would take too much work to keep up a six-pack it's totally. like a six-pack is just what might happen right if i love working out exactly. if, if i can if i can enjoy doing things with my body and now we're surfing and playing tennis and yep. i just want to use my body yeah, right yeah. and i feel like the rewards are the same way mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes when we're coming up we can have that benchmark there's nothing wrong with wanting a six-pack either nothing wrong with wanting an oscar but know that nope. that that's a result of the uh, process yeah, of yeah, making totally, the art totally. and if you focus more on the process that may or may agreed because you only get it by doing great on the process anyway. Exactly, and getting lost in what you're doing. Yeah. You can't worry about, like, you know, if you're in class, taking class, you can't worry about the camera. Right. You can worry about getting the step right first before it goes on the camera. Yeah. Not the other way around. Yeah. What are you filming? Right. Do you even have the work? What are you putting, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like. Prioritize what we're focusing on. But then again, Who's to say, like, what, what, what anybody feels about whatever they're doing? You're the driver of your car. So. But I think it's good to be at least conscious of the choices, hmm. right? Like, I don't think that there's any necessarily good or bad 
no. for the most part choices, right? It's just like, am I doing this intentional? Like, is it bad to sit and watch Netflix all day? Not really. If you say intentionally today, I'm taking the day off yeah, and I just yeah. want to watch comedy all day. Yeah. That's fine. But if I'm just doing it to avoid being alone or to avoid hearing my quiet thoughts, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the same action with a different context mm -hmm. can be a very depleting mm -hmm. result. You know, where I could do the same exact thing, but have so much joy from it. If I'm going to be okay. on Instagram, let me engage with it. Totally. What are you guys up to? You know what I mean? It's different than like just mindlessly. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, for sure. Which is crazy how addictive that is. Kind of like how uh, back in the day they used to say that cigarettes were healthy, right? Mm -hmm. Like doctors used to prescribe them as like weight loss and stuff. And um, now we know, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like many years from now we'll look back at social media like what can you believe they just let everybody just use it all the time and the mental health damage it could do <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i'm not uh yeah i don't think um i think it's not helping a lot of people you know i agree it's a tool that's so powerful that it can just as quickly send you on a downward spiral as an upward one. Clearly, you know, but listen, you, everybody uses it for different reasons. Yeah. Know? So just whatever you do, you know, but I, it's fun. It's light. It's, it's about work, you know? Yeah. What's on your vision board now? What do you, now that you, since you've accomplished so much and we haven't even, We've only skimmed the surface of all the stuff that you've done, but just connecting with you in the present mm -hmm. and looking forward. I would like. What to, are your desires? I would like to learn more about directing, um, telling story, mm -hmm. maybe writing. Yeah. Express Pro it in produce, that form. Producing, directing, writing. Yeah, because it feels like it would be the next step. So I'm curious. And how do you approach transitioning? Like, are you still actively taking on whatever? Like, if somebody calls you for a tour that might take up six months of your time, are you going to say yes or are you going to say no, I'm thinking about writing? Um, right now, I just want to, like, step into something that feels like I'm tapping into a another um field of education to to mm. grow as an artist where i go where i i haven't mm. you know what i mean back in the student mode of like understanding i think so deeper yeah, level because yeah because i feel like i yeah i feel like i could achieve something some level higher level of like of understanding as an artist that way in that regard you know yeah. And so. Is there a particular kind of story you're yearning to tell? Or you just know you want to tell um, stories more directly? I do know that um, I'm very, in, like when I watch film, I'm just a lot more aware of the direction, the lighting, the the subtleties. Right. The, um, how they didn't like act like really like in your face tell you this, but they're hinting at it mm. and they're not assuming that we the audience are stupid you know what i mean right there's just a really like clever way of of telling story and just in casting and i'm just so interested in 
casting and how the camera moves as a dance. I mean, and when to move it and not move it, right? When is the camera still? When is it yep. handheld exactly. to signify unstableness yep. or whatever? Mm -hmm. I love actors. I love the art of of storytelling and yes. just like the color, saturation, how the editing, the the music, sound the soundtrack. Oh my god, uh, that's in the direction. Sound mixing. I mean. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so important. It's so. When we talked about potentially doing a project together, we were talking about sound mixing yes. and the importance of that and hearing the yes. voices and the things. Yes. There's such an art form to it. Of It, it really makes a project oh so different when you have proper sound design. I love it. I love it. It's so great. Yeah. And it have all those elements come together in one thought. Yes. One thought. And I like that it's like a cohesive, kind of like when I ever look at beautiful like architecture mm -hmm. pages, right? Like really well-designed homes. Everything feels like it was thought together, right? Like the couch and the this and the, it, it all, it's part of a palette. A great movie or a great show is like that too, right? We were just uh, finishing watching Atlanta. Have you seen that show? Mm -hmm. But uh, Childish Gambino, he made it. It's a, a great artist. It's a masterpiece. Great it's artist. it's basically, I think they call it Afro surrealism. Mm -hmm. It's a story just about this guy and his buddy who wants to be a rapper and they're just going through life, right? But it's like kind of like a suspense Mm. Kind of like horror show in a weird way. It's it's weird. It's hard to explain. It's mm. just it's just it's cinematically beautiful, mm. right? Like they'll do the things where you know uh, during a whole conversation they'll just have some like a shot in the back of somebody's head and you can't fully see. It. It's like a silhouette. They're very patient with it. Mm. The way they shoot it, they treat what on the surface level seems like a, a basic concept. Mm. Two guys wanting to make it in the hip hop world, but it's so much deeper than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll have episodes where. It's not even about the main characters. They'll do a random episode in the season that has completely new characters that just paints a picture of what the times are like mm -hmm. in their environment. And then it informs you a little bit about what the mood is like, why there's so much tension, oh, yeah. especially racial tensions that happen in the next episodes and they'll go back to the main story, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. like, and the fact that somebody got together in a meeting and thought of all that, mm -hmm. the team, and he said, hey guys, we're gonna have episodes without any of the main characters. Mm. A complete B story episode in the middle of this. Like, like you were saying, it's it's all these choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I find it so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's that's definitely, you know, next level for me as well. After building, you know, the companies and like the shorter commercial type of projects, mm. it's when you do a film, it's a more of a long commitment. It might be a yes. year or multi-year yes, process of developing sure. it, right? Mm. To me, what's exciting about that is the process of decision-making. So much of my decision-making is very um, on the fly. Mm. Like I'm very good. Like I know how to plan, but I'm really good at just being there, feeling it, knowing what's right. Yeah. But for a project like that, you really need to plan it out. You do. You can't think of doing a steady camp the day of. You either are or you're not, because you have to plan everything around it. And yeah. how does it serve the story? Yeah. How does that serve this character moving forward in their arc Very in the true. grander story, right? Yes. You can't just bring a steady camp because no. you like steady camps. No. Exactly. Right? Yeah, like I, I think I feel like I look at dance and I approach <laughs> dance very differently now mm. in um you know probably more so than when I did like maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, so I'm constantly I feel like I'm constantly growing and changing, which is great. And so, you know, even when I am looking at, you know, anything, anything artful is like you know, you you just look at the um, the project, and it 
and now it's like you know even when i'm teaching uh dance it's like you you're you you want to teach dancers to have more patience with choreography mm. not be so not be so um quick to like i don't know what the word is to put it like if there's if there is a beginning a middle and an end to any great story why would you give the end right at the beginning mm. would you go to a movie if they told you the end five seconds in would you stay for the rest of the movie if you knew the ending not really nope so what makes you think we would want to be interested in what's going to happen if you you know what's going to happen later on if you've just told us everything in the first 10 seconds we know what we've what we are have are going to see that's going to be right if someone walks into a room yelling you're not going to stay f with right. whatever they're going to say why would you stay to listen to that if it was like i don't really want to hear this voice and it doesn't really matter what you're saying it doesn't really matter what you're dancing if you're yelling right at the beginning because there's no place to go Un and unless you're just going from yelling and, to and quiet sometimes, right? yeah, yeah. sometimes some, some movement you know it makes sense for it to be big or whatever you want to but it has to be intentional it has to be very it has intentional. To be intentional i think you don't they say cut to the chase you don't start with the chase no exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's, what, that's what i'm trying to say i said it better than i did so i yeah so for me have some patience with the choreography because we like we like to know what happened you know and then and then what else and then be curious about what else is going to happen and what finally happens i think there's know. power and patience i notice there's it power and stillness yes sometimes you don't it doesn't need a step like when what michael jackson would come out and just hold mm -hmm. and just let it sizzle and just not even move his face mm -hmm. and then the second he like mm -hmm. yeah and grab the glass because then the whole stadium goes crazy over you just grabbing your shades because you magnify there's it. power there's power in stillness you know there is <laughs> you know i also see that with um more established music artists mm -hmm. they're not afraid to be less in their own music videos when it's a new artist it's like my face everywhere you know not that you can't have your face everywhere but when you're an artist at a certain level, you can have a whole video where you're barely in it. And you're just like, no, this is the video to the song. I just, what I, I am the background it, character. What I, I always reference Sia mm. because I, I think it's so magical that the first time I saw her perform on, on a TV show and she was upstage in the corner, facing the corner. Yeah, with the mask. Covered. And I thought, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so into this yes and i was like and why am i into this i'm into it because i feel like it's so courageous and so brave of her to not want to be seen because a lot let's face it, it it's a visual business yeah. right? it's based on visual and you know people's beauty or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. um but she what i got from that what i took away from that is she's like I don't really have to be seen. And because she's being seen for not being seen, which is good. also vulnerable too. We love the song. She writes the music. She's still on the top of the charts with the songs. People love her. Her music videos are so um, creative and yeah. adventurous and so like, um, you know, so great. And it's like, and she has, 
obviously like her and Ryan Heffington have such a great, obviously you can tell they're on the same page. It's awesome. And it's like, it's a very patient decision. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's brave. It's beautiful. It's all, it's all things. She's like, no, I don't need to be seen. And, but she's still being seen for not being seen, exactly. which is also vulnerable and because you, it's yeah. saying that, hey, there's people in the audience that's, mm. some people in the audience are saying, I wish I could be on stage with my face. Other people are saying, if I was there, I'd want to be in the corner. And she's saying, I'm one of you and here I am on stage, but in a corner. It's great. It's like vulnerably, I don't know what's the word for it is, but it's, mm. she's performing, but tuning into how she actually right. feels like, no, I want to be here. What a great artist. What a great artist. I mean, so great. I like that. I like exploring why people make those kind of decisions. You know, like sometimes it, it doesn't need to make sense to anybody but them. Yeah, like even this photo I have here was of the um, St. Pablo tour from Kanye where mm. it was floor seats. It was a standing room only on the floor and he had a stage that was floating above everybody mm. and he was backlit the whole time. It's beautiful. Like his face was always in the shadow. Yeah. And he was just floating like across the whole arena. And mm -hmm. it's just like, I think you have to learn all the rules to break them, right? It's the old thing, right? Learn the rules so you can break the rules, True. right? Like you learn how to put great front lighting yeah, on somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one day choose to say, you know what? Mm. No front lighting on you, but on purpose. Yeah, like some, there's like, you know, videos, music videos, you know, last great music video, Adele's Oh My God. I haven't seen that one. You should check it out. Yeah. It's really good. Get it right down the list. It's really good. I love it because it's so adventurous and it's so like, it's so gritty. It's like, it's, it, it, yeah, it, it just is super cool. And the song, and obviously Adele, I mean, right. it's, it's, and it's not something you'd expect from her. So it's cool. I love that. It's like, you thought she'd go one way and, and she goes a different way. And it's like, ah, oh, it's so refreshing, you know? Yes. Because she all really all she has to do is step up to the mic and open her voice and sing. Right. 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 That's what she. That's what she does. It's so like magical. That voice, you know it when you hear it. You know, there's no denying. We know the voice when we hear it. So that's what that's what Adele is. But this video is like so cool. I need to check it out. <laughs> and the direction, the movement. I think Meg Lawson is so great. So great. Awesome. Who else inspires you artistically? Artistically, as like um, I like this guy, John Baptiste. I've heard of him. Is that the one that um, take me to church? Uh, no. 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 Who am I thinking of? No, you're thinking of Hosier. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No. Which one is John Baptiste? Great artist too, but he, John Baptiste is great. Such a good. Is he the guy on Colbert? Um, the black guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he's on the Colbert show. Okay, Jamel yeah. Jamel McWilliams works. Oh, he won a he won a Grammy for album of the year. John Baptiste, didn't he? Uh, yes. Okay, I need to check out that album. Yeah, so good, such good, refreshing, like cool, like amazing work they do together. Him and Jamel McWilliams, so great. Were you ever into hip hop? Uh, yeah, <laughs> all kinds of music. I'm a dancer. Yeah. Are there any hip-hop artists that you particularly like? I mean, Kendrick is great. Great music. Um, who else? Missy Elliott, so great. She's forever. She's forever, you know. Um, 
On your own time, what do you listen to? Like if you're driving um, in the car, what do you, what's on the radio? Well, you know, I I will say there is a DJ on on KC, KCRW, great DJing on KCRW. The music and the flavors that they, because it's very like with radio, it's sometimes you don't. Yeah. Right. Do you notice? Yeah, like, I. I I rarely listen to actual radio, but yeah, when I do, yeah. But if I'm listening, like there is a DJ on KCRW that's pretty amazing. The the incredible like s ear for music that they have and the different the different like flavors and textures. I'm like, wow, such a great taste in music, like mm. song after song, and it's not music I know. Yeah, so good. It's a good so DJ that can actually good. blend oh, tracks, a proper DJ. Really, really good music. But like, but being a dancer and an artist, I really do love a lot of music, world music. I love, um, yeah, there's this one artist that I am, um, Spaceship Boy. I mean, there's just so many, I can't even get into it. Because yeah. we'd be here for a really long time. But uh, yeah, there's just so many great... I mean, I can go through my playlist and just start to name them off, but. Do you think that dance has gotten to a point where you really can't put it into categories? I think so. Because a lot of times I'll see hip hop choreographers choreographing to like Adele or people that are more contemporary choreographing to Kid well, Cudi or whoever. So like, yeah. is there such a thing as? I just think that there's no rules in art you you can create. You know, a lot of things are like in, in uh, when you're looking at style and genre in dance, there's a lot of things that are fused, you know. Um, hip hop is fused with with different contemporary, yeah, jazz, modern dance with hip hop. I've seen it done. Yeah. So when you call yourself a choreographer, you don't put a, a label no, on it. You, so. you don't say I'm a hip hop choreographer. I feel like I've been exposed to so much different music and and styles and dance and movement that I. Uh, I think, you know, you're an artist, you're a creator. There you go. And if somebody's an up and coming dancer now and mm -hmm. choreographer, what advice would you have for them? <laughs> well, I think you just have to, I would say just cre keep creating and um, don't be afraid of the stillness. And to, don't be afraid to stop and don't do anything because that's sometimes it's a louder, it's a louder, um, what do you call it? Like download. It's more loud. So, you know, you don't have to keep moving in fear. Oh, you mean like actual in actual dancing? Yeah, yeah like stopping. Are, yeah. You you know, don't be afraid to stop for a second and take it and really sit inside the music and be one. Get out of the way of the music instead of trying to like um, like manhandle the music and the, you know, and but I understand as a young creator you want to really prove yourself. So I get it. But right. yeah, it's nice to like stop and take a minute and let the audience take a breath for a second mm. to digest it for a second. What I just saw. Okay, then tell me more. Yeah. It's like when someone's talking too fast. Wait, 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 slow. Say, can you just stop for a second? Because I didn't catch half of that. Right. It's the same thing in dance. As an audience, we're sometimes, sometimes we want more. Sometimes we, it's a, you know, there's no, again, there's no rules. Yeah. I, I love that, man. It really is because like the the industry can keep changing, technology can keep changing. But at the end of the day, if somebody wants to be a professional artist, they have to love doing the art. Yeah. 
And the more you lose yourself in that process, the more likely the, st the stuff is going to come. Exactly, exactly. But also the thing of, <laughs> I love it. I, oh my God, I love it. And the mic is right here. Hold on. I love it so much. Oh my God. <laughs> there you are. Oh, oh my God. Yes, he loves I, your energy. I know. I can feel it. I can feel it. And really, you can stay with me. There's really no rules. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, what was my point there? <laughs> we were talking about an up-and-coming dancer yeah, pausing, yeah, yeah. holding the yeah. moments. Yeah, like just like have like trust. Trust the process. Trust the process. Give yourself room to just actually figure out your voice first. What do you have to say? What is what is the what is the thing? You know. Yeah, because yeah. the individual career advice could change so much. But what yeah. you're saying there is just so important. Mm. I did you see the show Genius on a National Geographic? They did a whole narrative scripted show where the first season was about Einstein and the second season was about Picasso. Mm. Beautiful. Ron Howard directed it. Oh. Antonio Banderas played uh, uh, Picasso. Like really well shot. There you go. And it showed him from the time he was a kid all the way to the end of his life. And what I didn't realize is that for like the first half of his life, he was like a poor artist just getting paid to do other people's styles. He was just copying. Give me something in the style of such and such, right? And 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 he wasn't happy and he wasn't succeeding either because he was just learning to do the moves, right? But then at some point he decided to have a voice okay. and say, I see you this way. He started painting them, and, they, and then the, the Picasso style developed. Mm -hmm. And then that Picasso that we know now started like halfway through his creative career, where okay. he then understood mm -hmm. that he had his way of telling it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, trust that. I also think that's good to trust your, what you want, the picture you want to paint. Yeah. Do you think it's, I want to ask a couple more for the dance industry. I know we've been talking for a while now. We can, we can cut it whenever, but just for the dancers out there. Do you think it's more important for a dancer to focus on being an individual star or being a team player in a group? Like if somebody wants to succeed as a dancer nowadays. Because <clears throat> in LA, I feel like there's a lot of soloists, a lot of people that are like mm -hmm. individually awesome. Um, I, I don't really know that I have the answer for that, but I think it's good to know. I think in saying it's good to know how to be with people and a team player yeah and it not be about just you and i think it is it's good to also know exactly who you are and what you're not and all those things so it's good to have have, have a an awareness of both yeah yeah have you ever um fired somebody or not brought somebody on a tour because they were being too much of an individual mm -mm. no you never had to deal with that. By the time you hired them, they they were ready to play with the team. Yeah, I mean, I I usually pretty I'm pretty good at being in the room and feeling out the energy right away. You know, one could even say that their energy is more of a determining factor than their dancing. Because oh, energy before talent yeah. always. Because at some level everybody has around the same range of talent like at a, at a high level if somebody's a professional dancer they should be able to pick up most choreography yeah yeah but that doesn't change their essence is their essence the right one for the job well, if you're on a big job you want to be with people that you'd like to spend eight hours a day in a room with yeah spend most of our time working 
I mean, it's about the process where you, it's about the process where you figure out whether certain people are worth being a part of the result. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because if you just focus on the result, it's like at what cost? I think a lot, a lot of people, we all want to be a part of a, a, a great result. That's just a given. But it's in the process where you find out whether it makes sense for you, for you, I, whoever, to be in the result, in that result, whatever the thing is, you know. Beautiful, man. <laughs> you have a very, a very pleasant, calm energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's apparent. But it's also infectious. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think when people think of somebody who's successful in Hollywood and mm. works with celebrities and this, all the stuff that you've done, they don't picture somebody as centered as your vibration is mm. right now. Mm. I mean, I can be really silly. <laughs> sure, for sure. I'm sure you can have your silly wild times, but the silliest. The few interactions I've had with you, you you're not like a. You're passionate. You you have your you're able to be strong, but yeah. you're very centered yeah, yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's helped you in your career? Like, does somebody need to be super extrovert to, yeah. to do all this? I don't know, but for me, it you know the 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 you know the business of show. It's it can be a lot, you know. Yeah. So you've got to. I just for me, I have to stay like. I like to have patience. I like to be calm. But I also like to be like energetic too. For sure. It depends. But this setting here, we're like yeah. just talking about just like life in general, you know. <laughs> and how you move and groove through life in the in the in the dance world or whatever, you know. What would you like to see improved in the dance world? I remember this one time we were having breakfast and we were talking about the difference between like the royalty payouts in um Broadway for like choreographers mm -hmm. and how on tours Choreographers aren't always cut into the mm. to that. Are there things like that, subjects like that, that you would like to see improve in the dance industry? I mean, you know, dancer dancers are, are sometimes, you know, like long ago, it was always like the dancers were the last on the, you know what I mean, on to be really like, I don't know, if you're a dancer. You're an artist, but you know if you're not. They would say poor, starving artist, or you know what I mean, or um, I don't know. But like it would, you know, it's we've come a long way right. as artists in general, right? And so it's great to be like an artist and any artist, no, no, no matter you're a dancer, you're a director, you whatever. But it would be great to have that kind of like. You know, because choreographers on Broadway are, um, they do, ha they create a, a, a show and they are paid royalties for that show, right? Right. So as long as the show keeps making yeah, money, yeah. 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 And it, I know it's different for, you know, if it's in theater, but, but you're like at the beginnings of something that's created that will run for a long time. Right. Where if you're in like, um, I don't know, concert tours, those tours run for however long the con the the tour runs for right and then there's a it's like a limited engagement you know what i mean right so it's different i know that so i don't know whether that's really 
comparatively the same right you know and like the broadway they go on tour and tour the world there's a the there's project a, makes more a, money long term there's a first national tour right. of this broadway show it, there's an australian company there's a japan company you know so yeah. the, the, that's like and you're at the beginnings of the creation of the intellectual of, property yeah, of that yeah 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 so it's probably different for you know a choreographer who's creating for a tour for an artist you know mm -hmm. um, but i don't know but it obviously it would be great to have that same kind of yeah you know for any choreographer but maybe we'll get there at some point you know uh, some kind of i don't know i don't i don't have the answer to that but it would be great not the answer but what would be what is the question like what what is something that you would like to see improve in the dance industry not that you have the answer but um, like something that is there anything you care about that you want to share like things uh, that like um, you want to see happen or yeah i'd love to see like um i think yeah i think i, I would love to see dancers be more um patient in the in the in the in the just in the in the flow of life in dance i think with their bodies too taking care of their bodies a bit more, you know, cause sometimes it can get like, um, cause you want to like have longevity. You want to dance for a long time. Right. Learn how to properly, carefully, you have one instrument, I think, you know, and have a little bit more patience with yourself in a process, allow yourself to, to not get it right. And laugh, allow yourself to, fail a little bit for lack of a better word yeah uh, i don't think it's really failing it's actually growing right, don't learning. be afraid to fall on your face in a class or a style that you're not comfortable in or whatever or be more open about be more open for for allowing for things to happen in the room you know what i mean yeah it'll, it'll, it'll create better artists better people just in general, because we are a community, you know. And that could apply to any industry. Anything. Not being afraid, right? Even if somebody's yeah. a choreographer and they want to go into writing or directing, totally. right? The same concept applies. Totally, not yeah. be afraid to exactly. venture into the unknown and feel like you're not good at something. Exactly. Because we're used to being really good at something or being the best in our little city. Yeah, like that I, it's like It feels sometimes like, you know, dancers feel like they have to be really good right away. And you're like, oh, really? I was like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm never very good in the beginning. Right. And that's okay. What um, message would you give to your younger self? Let's say to 17 year old Tice, you could send a message back in time. What would it be? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I have no idea. It's like, um, you know what? Maybe like, I would have said maybe like uh, finish finish high school because why I, what why because <laughs> for the fun experience of it well because i was working early so mm. i had i ended up leaving school early to work and be a professional which was great but i would have liked to have graduated high school <laughs> and to have like the friendship and the no i had friends there okay. but like i think it would have been great to just oh, just to actually literally finish the high say school you finished like 12th grade you know what I mean and anything else any other advice you wish you would have had when you were younger 
I know it's all a learning process. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just I'm channeling this and hoping that people out there that are watching this that mm-hmm. are at that phase, you know, the whole interview has been full of insights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. I would say just like, like, maybe don't feel like you have to steer your course so much. Mm. Maybe take your hands off the wheel and just allow. Because I feel like the word allow is very powerful. And I have to remind myself to just allow it to be, you know, just allow it to happen. You know, I mean, as artists, we we're all in the same thing where it's like we we give so much and risk it not working out. That's what that's kind of what the artist's course is sometimes because we just we 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 put it forward we put our art forward we invest we commit to all these great things and it may not work out and that and we're fearless that way which is great so i love i love that about artists in general i think it's great because it's like because i'm not focused on what will happen yes it would be great yes i'm going towards this but i don't have the answers so instead of like racking my brain to figure out what the answer is, why don't I control what I can, which is me? And if I'm working on developing my art and saying what I want to say, the universe is listening. Aren't they? Aren't they? We always talk about it, but we don't really actually believe it. So we have to actually believe that we get lost in our art. We just become that a real artist and put ourselves forward in this great way. And then eventually you're going to line up with what's meant for you if you think that way. But that's just how I think. I'm not saying people should think the way I think. I'm just saying this is what has worked for me. That's beautiful. You know what I mean? I love that word allow. You know what I mean? So it's like. <laughs> I saw this one guy give advice online. He was like, um, I hope your dreams don't work out and you get something better. Exactly. There's only so much you can no, control. You, you can have an intention. Know. Yeah, you don't you know. You don't know. You don't know. It's just committed and and yeah stay open-minded and throw yourself into whatever you love and i feel like the rest should hopefully take care of itself you know and that is kind of the prize itself right it's like the whole point of being an artist is so that we don't have to be accountants or whatever else you know Mm -hmm. on doing jobs where they're being to an end artists are supposed to be doing the art is supposed to be the prize right and i have some great accountants they're really good at their job Right. Do you know what I mean? And they're yeah. spectacular. But like, you know, I was never really very good at math. But <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean, right? Like the traditional, so a lot of times traditional job thinking is I'll do this thing I have to do yeah, yeah, yeah. so I can get to do my fun later. Yeah, Whereas art is, mm. it is the thing. Mm. So also recognize it as that. Because even when I wasn't making much money, I was happy that I was creating. I might have struggled, but mm-hmm. it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I had fun collaborating with people. Like that is a gift. I love collaborating. That is a yeah. It's great. it's so great because I yeah. I would love to hear what people like whoever I'm collaborating. You know, like we did something together. And yeah. It was great that yeah. you have a joint collective. Like like what do you think? You know. Yeah. And so and I always kid in the, when I'm in the re- rehearsal room. I'm like, oh my god, I have a really bad idea. Are we ready? <laughs> and I mean, you're gonna be floored because it's so bad. And then I read this, I, I've been saying this for so long. And I was like, and then oddly enough, the bad ideas actually work out. Yeah. They actually work out. Yeah. And it was because I trusted myself. 
to not worry about. Not judging it. I was like, wait, I'm going to try it because I, I want to play and I want to explore. Yeah. And then I read Steven Spielberg said, all bad ideas turn into great ideas. And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. Especially the one like, where you're like, oh, I don't know. Should I try it? It yeah. really made me like trust myself. Okay. So now when I'm in a room, I'm like, okay, this is a really bad idea in my mind. And I was like, let me explore it. Maybe it'll lead me to the next thing, which will then turn into a great idea, which proves my point. Patience. Have some patience. Allow yourself to just try everything as an artist, right? You have to try it and don't feel bad about like, here's an idea because I don't have any ideas because we're all hit that wall at some point. Right. And you're like, okay, how about this? Let's entertain this and just go on the journey with me. And we'll, it will eventually come out the other side with something really nice. You know what I mean? That's beautiful. Yeah. So, I appreciate it. I feel like this whole conversation is about the power of patience. Yeah. It's good. It's a good thing. I'm really glad we got to connect on this, man. Oh, my God. So great. So great. This is really cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing space with me. Thanks for Thanks having sharing me. your, your journey and the Thanks. vibe. And really, your dog is like the most magical. <laughs> and like he entered at the perfect time. Like it's a perfect like segue. Right. You know what I mean? He's too dead. So good. Nice. I appreciate you, man. Thanks. That's an honor having so you good. here. So good.